Hey guys, thanks for joining us for the second episode of Athletic Odyssey. T. Hurry here, and as you know from last time, I am using my background in science and neuroscience and trying to bring in some other specialists to kind of fill the gaps of what I don't know so I can find out what I do know and what I don't and have that, you know, help me become a better coach. So Jared Richmond is here joining us again. What's up? And today we're going to kind of be talking about training with purpose. So uh, I know you said you were kind of excited, Jared, and had something you want to, so I'll let you go ahead and kind of take it off from there. All right, guys. So um, I think the first thing we need to do whenever we train, remember training, I know a lot of times we're probably talking about lifting weights, uh, running. There's all kinds of training for um, I mean, pushing the sled in football. Right. So, drills, but like, if we think about training in a nutshell, like that could be if what if I'm a chess player? Like, training is playing chess or training video game. If you, you know, you're on the speech team. Yeah, you're you're, in exactly. Play, uh, what about scholastic Bowl. Yep. You just study a lot. That's your training for scholastic Bowl. So the point is, you gotta you, we gotta think. What are we training for? Right? Are you a football player? Are you a basketball player? Are do you play all those sports? What What is your goal essentially right and then from there we go we ask ourselves what will facilitate the best results in those sports okay and and just training like a a bodybuilder which is what i think a lot of high school athletes do isn't necessarily going to facilitate the best results on the football field or on the basketball court, right? You have to have some goal, and then you ha- that gives you some direction to go towards. Because I can tell you, you know, I do, I love the lift of deadlift. My track athletes use deadlift in their um, preseason workouts, mostly my sprinters and my throwers, but I can guarantee you that I really don't have my two milers doing a whole lot of deadlifting. You right. Know, their time is kind of better spent elsewhere, I would say. Exactly. Or core stuff. Um, whether it's, you know, uh, talking about abs, back, obliques, those kinds of things that they need when they're running long distances. Right. So um, I really don't necessarily care if they can deadlift. So while my sprinters and throwers max out on deadlifts, I don't even have my long distance guys max out. They might do deadlifts, but it may not be more than. 135 pounds just to work those muscles that's right because i mean because if you have a miler that can deadlift 400 pounds that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be a better miler because of it right right just if he increases let's say that you have a miler and he increases his deadlift from 300 to 400 did he automatically become a better miler not necessarily, right? Like we don't necessarily know that he's gonna now run a faster mile because well, we of that. Well, we gotta think. Even just because we strengthen those muscles, doesn't mean his endurance is any greater, which is right. what he needs it's... to be a miler. So, when right. he sits down and you guys are looking at your training program, what is gonna help you? Yes, I can tell you. Every coach would love every athlete to be in the weight room all the time. But if you're a long distance runner you should probably be spending more time running than weightlifting. Weightlifting needs to be your supplementary activity. Yep. Help to keep your body strong and away from injury, really. So your weightlifting needs to be a very low risk, you know, if for, for an important reward. So. All right, so basically what I'm going to do is kind of go over a concept called the pyramid of specificity, okay? Now, basically what we're, we're talking about here is 
specificity is uh, referring to what you what you do on the field or on the court, okay, or whatever sport you play. If you run, say you are a runner, okay. The more uh, let's say more specifically, you are a sprinter, a hundred meter sprinter, okay. okay. You, the most specific thing you can do to train for your sport is run hundred meter runs, bouts over and over again. That's the most specific way to train for that sport. And then the further away from that we get, the less specific we get. All right. And there's different times and different places for all these types of training. Okay. So um, basically, the pyramid of specificity at the very bottom of the pyramid, think about this, is your beginners, is your like younger athletes. Okay. So I'm going to give you an example. There's a, there's, Probably one of the best weightlifters of all time. His name is Ilya Ilyin. Okay, he's from Kazakhstan. He used to talk about when he was younger. Uh, he's a, he's a multi-time gold medalist in Olympic weightlifting. But he used to talk about when he was younger, he would just run around the gym and do all the exercises. Because somebody asked, well, what when did you start weightlifting? He said, oh, when I was six years old or something like that. And they said, well, what did you do when you were six years old? He said, I ran around the gym and did all the exercises. And basically, what he meant is he did a lot of just general running around and jacking around being very active as a child okay so that's what you do basically what i'm saying is that when you're a noob at anything or when you're a beginner at anything anything will make you better at anything okay or at everything so for example playing football as a child will probably make you a better basketball player because it's going to make you overall faster it's going to make you stronger it's going to make you more athletic your hand-eye coordination is going to go up but at some point Playing more football is not going to make you any better at basketball, okay? And that's as you go up the pyramid of specificity. Basically, as you go up the pyramid of specificity is as you get better and better and better at your sport, okay? So at the very, very top of the pyramid are the very best athletes in the world at their sport, remember? Because athlete is very... Uh, general. Right, that's general. So Michael Jordan, okay? He's at the top of the pyramid for basketball, Um so if, as this is another example I'm going to use, but Ilya Ilyin, he is at the top of the pyramid for Olympic weightlifting. I'll bet that both, and I can I can tell you for sure with Ilya Ilyin, um, his training is at this point in his career is very specific to what he does. Okay, so what I mean by that is he literally his training is snatch, clean and jerk, front squat maybe some deadlifts like he does literally like four exercises and that's it because now running around and doing all these other exercises aren't helping him at all get better at weightlifting because he's so good at it already okay so doing um i don't know there's you you name it is not necessarily helping him same thing with michael jordan okay when michael jordan was younger he could do play you know football and that would help him get better at basketball now he just shoots a lot of baskets or not now <laughs> but uh back in the day he played a lot of basketball but what i'm saying is you got to figure out where you're at on this pyramid of specificity so most of you are probably somewhere in the middle right so you need some specific training but you also need some general training and that should the general training should happen more in the off season Right, and the more specific training should happen in the season. Okay. And so, as a coach, I know a lot of guys talk to me about, you know, how many days a week should I be lifting? So, say if you're in a heavy, 
I would say something like football or wrestling, you know, your body's already getting beat up. Yep. On a daily practice, in games. Through specific training. That's right, literally what. specific, would... right? That's your practices and games. Weight training, you probably don't need to be weight training more than twice a week. Right. right? Keeping the muscles active, you know, those lifts could even just be recovery things. You know, do it with bands. Do it with lighter dumbbells. You don't need to put 300 pounds on the bench press and rep it out. You're already getting, your body's already getting torn up, right? Mm -hmm. But in the off season, now you're looking at four to five days a week to where you're trying to maximize the amount of work you can get done in the off season because you're not doing any football specific training at all. So, and you have that, you have more time to recover from training sessions and we don't necessarily care how good of a, let's, let's use football as an example here. We don't really care how good of a football player you are in the off season, right? Like it doesn't matter how good you are at that point. The only time that it matters is once the game starts. That's, that's when I care how good of a football player you are. So in order to make you a better football player, what we have to do sometimes in the off season is take a step backwards and do more general training the the non-specific stuff right the non- you know uh i can say that for football whether no matter what level high school through nfl one of the most popular football lifts is hand clean right it's a very hip glute explosion isolated lift anytime in my opinion that you isolate something you're trying to make it specific okay i would say a hang clean is specifically for football where a power clean Something from the ground is going to help is going to be a more general lift sure. for a multi-sport athlete. Sure. So if you are a football wrestler track guy or a f- soccer, you know, basketball, baseball guy, you're a multi-sport athlete. That's when you need to start looking to things like power clean, snatches, high pulls, not just you know just a hang clean. Back squat, deadlift. Like the point is, these are very they're an overall body right exercise, a compound exercise. Um, So it's a very general training method. So it's going to basically get you stronger. And then what you can do is, so we're building muscle in the off season, right? Like for lack of a better term, that's size and strength. We're building muscle for most people, especially if we're talking football. We're building muscle in the off season. Then what we do during the season or as the season gets closer is we take that muscle we built, that new muscle, and we teach it to do what we want it to do, right? So we take, let's say on the football field, you're a middle linebacker, and you in the off season we spend our time because, guys, you only have so much time in the day. You only have so much energy. I think people forget that training doesn't happen inside of a vacuum, like – Meaning training affects like one like uh, bench pressing affects squatting, squatting affects your sprint workout. Like everything affects one another, so you can't just do unlimited amounts of training, right? You just won't be able to recover. You got to prioritize. Right, you have to prioritize from a practical perspective. So during the off season, we're gonna do some general training. We're going to build that muscle, and then once we get closer to the season, we're going to take that muscle that we built as a middle linebacker, and now we're going to teach it to do middle linebacker things, like tackle, and those are the specific things, okay? At that point, it's not worth our time to be building a lot of muscle because building muscle takes a lot of energy, right? Like we just talked about, it doesn't happen inside of a vacuum, and it takes a lot of time and energy away from the football skill, which is what is important. Right, tackling as a middle linebacker. Um, there's a there's other skills involved as a middle linebacker. Now right? I was getting now, coach. The D one and the NFL players, their weightlifting during the week 
Have you guys ever watched an NFL practice? Do you guys know how often they're padded up? Right. Do you know how often they hit each other? How many 100% blocks they give? How many times they're hitting another person? Almost not at all, guys. Right. All right. It's all on pads. Many times they're just wearing a jersey and athletic shorts, okay? Because at that point, they're at the top of the pyramid. Exactly. Right? They don't need to grind those skills out because they're so good at football already. So they can spend more time in the weight room getting stronger to then in practice purpose that muscle towards their activity or their sport. Right, right, okay? right. So and that's what, I think that's the big part of what Jared's saying. You have to be self-aware of where are you. As an athlete. Right? Where are you in your potential? Where are you in your career? You know, you're not going to train the same now at 14 as you will a senior. You're not going to train the same as a senior as you will in college. Right. And so on and so forth. So we got to kind of be self-aware in those aspects. So I think a big part of what you were saying is risk versus reward, right? So the if, for an NFL guy, it's not worth the risk of practicing balls out every day against these guys that are 300, 400 pounds um, when they could potentially get injured for the game, which is what matters. I, the games are what matter. So, uh, you know, the big part, and so as a coach, I get that all the time. You know, hey, can you open the weight room? Sure. All right, what am I going to do? You're going to do an arm and ab circuit. You're going to do a banded workout. We're going to do lunges. We're right. going to do, well, why? I want a bench. I want a squat. Why? Okay, that's fine, but you're going to put 95 pounds on your back, or we're going to front squat with 95 pounds. Right. So it's difficult, but it's not heavy. Well, why? Because if you're my star running back, offensive tackle, defensive, and it does not matter what position you play, if you're my number one, you know, 100-meter runner, if you're my ace-in-the-hole golfer, if I hurt you in season... That's the worst thing that could happen, right? Now you've lost X amount of weeks worth of games in practice. Now you can't even do your sports-specific practicing right. because you're injured. All right? Season is not the time to – at most, season is to maintain, Right. I would say. I mean, it, right? and it depends where you're at. Like, you could still get stronger during the season if you're not that strong. Well, above. you're going – right. So you know if you're still recently new to weightlifting, yeah. bench pressing 90 pounds is still going to make you stronger. Right. I think it just depends, like I said, where you're at. And I think one thing to note is we're not saying you shouldn't lift during the season. We're not saying you shouldn't do we anything. want you to. But if you're – let's put it – let's put some numbers on it. If your bench max is 315 pounds in season, you don't need to put 390 pounds on your bench press bar. Right. So Same thing with squat. If you right? – let's say you bench 315 um, and you're a middle linebacker and you get to where now you can bench – 325 so your bench went up 10 pounds how much better at football do you think you just got i mean we don't really know it could could be zero right like like i i guarantee you there's people that can bench 315 versus people that can bench 325 and i'll bet that there's people well what i'm saying is there's people that bench 225 that are better than certain people that bench 315 correct right so it takes a lot of energy i'll tell you right now it takes a lot of energy a lot of effort a lot of resources from your body in order to get your bench from uh 315 to 335 we'll say no we'll say 20 pound increase that takes a lot of energy i mean there's people that try to do that for years and years and years and can't do it so you're taking all that energy away from practicing the sport of football, which is what you should be spending your time doing at In this season, point. Correct. Right. 
in the off season that's more that's your time for your your, you know your progress in the weight room like i said you can still make progress in the weight room it's just that should not be your priority so the other thing i kind of want to talk about a little bit let's talk about instagram for a second (laughs) so i can show you endless accounts of people doing exercises on instagram uh, 72 inch box jumps, all of these other kinds of things. And kids go, well, I want to do that. I need to do that. I need to do this. I'm told I need to do squats for 24 reps while standing on a balancing plate. Like why? What are your risks? All right. Your risks are to hurt your knee, your ankle, to fall, to pull something. And what what benefits do you get from doing all of these things? Exactly, it's like it, that's a I mean, now what you just said is correlation, not causation, right? So like you see somebody do a, an exercise on Instagram. First of all, they probably did it one time just for the video. I mean, well, or a hundred times and only showed you the one time they got it. Right, exactly. You know? But they're not. I can guarantee you that this person is not doing a 68, 72 inch box jump every day in their routine and even if they are that's not necessarily why they're a good football player well, right maybe well cool they're a box jump record holder so they've specifically worked yeah that doesn't necessarily yeah which and it's like yeah there's the nba players they can probably box jump a lot but it's not be necessarily because they're not good basketball players because they can box jump a lot they can box jump a lot because they're good basketball players right so like quit get this like backwards thinking out of your head and stop thinking oh so and so does this exercise so that's the secret to this so let me break down for those of you that don't have a statistics background or understand necessarily correlation versus causation okay uh, let me try to put it simply. It rains because there are umbrellas. Right. All right. Umbrellas. There. Let's say when it's raining, there's a lot of umbrellas out. Okay. So because there are a lot of umbrellas, it rains. All right. That's that's. It's backwards. That's that's right? a backwards correlation. Right. Now, it rains, so people get out their umbrellas. Right. That is a causation. Do we understand the difference? Because it is an important difference to understand. Yep. Okay, people will use the word correlation a lot. That does not mean there is any cause and effect, all right? There's some crazy correlations out there. Like, I mean, for example, the one that you you might hear in statistic classes, like there was uh, uh, sales of ice cream go up uh, when... I don't know what what is it like when people buy more swimming trunks, for example. Right, swimming trunks therefore cause ice cream sales. Well, no. There's an underlying variable. Right. Which what is, is heat? Right. So See, it's hot, so they sell more <laughs> swim trunks. Therefore, they will sell more ice cream. So it's swimming trunk sales and ice cream sales go up. They are correlated, highly correlated, but they don't cause one another. Right, just because people are buying more swim trunks doesn't make them want to go buy more ice cream. So I can tell you this: as a shot putter, mm-hmm. I have a very strong one-armed dumbbell bench press. Okay, I can dumbbell bench press a lot compared to like my other lifts. Right. All right. It's not necessarily because you know my one-armed dumbbell bench press did not make me a good shot putter, but probably the other way. Right. right? Shot putting. Using those muscles over and over and over again, training bench, training things like jammers and single arm shoulder presses and all that, 
created a high one-arm dumbbell press. So I can tell you I had dumbbell presses in my workouts, but it was not something that I did every single day. Right. Okay. It wasn't what made you the athlete that you were. No. Guess what? Throwing is what made you that. Correct. You I was out once a week during the summers and then lifting three or four days a week, right? I was getting stronger, but in season I lifted at most twice a week, but through five days a week. Right. So that's the that, specificity that, right. change. It has to get specific, okay? Now I will tell you this. You know, he mentioned something about off season. When I was off season and I would had no games. I had no practices. Now, an off-season is not all the way through August, okay? An off-season for me was about halfway through uh, July. Because if you wait till the end of July, August 1st could be the start of your football season, guys. All right, so at that point, those last two weeks need to be considered as in-season time. If you hurt yourself in the last two weeks of July, you've now taken away time from your football season, okay? So... Those first six weeks, we'll say six, seven weeks of summer, so I see the last week in May through the first two weeks of July, I loaded on more weight on my lifts than I would in season, okay? I might be bench pressing 285, you know, putting on 290 to work out with. I might be squatting, you know, 350 to work on, and I might be deadlifting 390 in season, my bench press never went over 225. My back squat never went over, you know, 3 or 270. You know, same thing for my deadlift because the risk was not worth the reward of getting stronger in season. Because the reward of getting stronger doesn't necessarily make you better at what you're training for. Like, yeah, it helps, guys, but it helps in the grand scheme of things over time as you get stronger. But just get, taking one lift up doesn't necessarily make you any better. I'll give you an example. Um, my weightlifting coach, Max Ada, he said he said this, and I think somebody told him this, but it's it always sticks with me when I'm training. He said, uh, one lift will not make you stronger, but one lift could end your career. So like when I'm in training, I do snatch and clean jerk a lot. And if I'm like in between lift, like if I'm like, eh, I don't know if I'm going to make this or not, you know, or if like, like, ooh, this is kind of sketchy, I just won't take the attempt. I, I'll call it a day. I'll go home because like if I make that lift, I'm not instantly just like, oh, now I'm like way stronger as a human being. It's not a video game, you know achievement unlocked. yeah exactly it's that's not it so but i didn't i literally if I, whether i took that attempt or not probably made zero difference in the grand scheme of my weightlifting career but if i take that lift and i break my wrist or you know hurt my knee or whatever then that could end my career okay so the point is like if you're in the weight room during the football season and you know you got like one lift bench whether you bench press 315 or 275 one day even though say what you're using for 275 you could do 315 with it doesn't you're not gonna be any different of a football player no, because you're not of making it. yourself worse by training safely by training smart all right you could probably sit and do 45 push-ups instead of bench press and your football ability is not going to go down all right. As long as you're playing football, which guess what? If you're in season, you're playing football. Right. So you know that, and we're talking about the longevity of your career. How sustainable is this stuff, guys? All right. So 
and that kind of brings me, I don't know why it pisses me off so much about the box jump stuff, but when people box jump, I see them a lot, they'll get their knees to their ears, and their butt will be about 14 inches below the top of the box, and then they have to pull themselves up. So it's unnecessarily dangerous, basically. So, which is you, cool. You did it for the Instagram, but you need to realize that's why you did it. Okay? Right. So that comes back to purpose. Why are you doing what you're doing in the gym? All right? If you have never snatched before, don't put on 155 pounds and try to snatch. Use a PVC pipe. Use the 45 pound. Use the the 25 pound youth bar. Learning how to do something is never and should never be embarrassing for you in the weight room. Right. Okay. I think that's important. It's 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 weight room education. All right, and I cannot stress that enough, especially if you're lifting by yourself. A lot of times, summer, you kids are. You're going to the Y. You're going to 24-hour fitness places. If you do not have someone there for you, one, I'm sure you can ask someone to give you a spot in the weight room. Okay? Mm -hmm. Whether they know how to do it right is a completely different issue, but... Get a trainer. Right. That would be my advice. Yeah, go to the front desk, see if there's a trainer that can get you a Get a trainer. Just in general, like, invest. If you're really... Into this. If you're really into this, like if if you want to play a college sport, you should probably get a trainer and someone that's gonna tell you, you know, what you need to be doing. Don't do this. Hey, that's dumb. Let's invest this for another day. All right, hey, this is long term. To put it yeah. simply, all right. NFL players have coaches, right? T like uh, correct. I mean, every every sport professional they have coaches. We're so, as a good coach should never put you in the spot. To try to make a huge gain in one day that can ruin, like Jared said, the rest of your life. All right? So, let's get on the, the trick of maxes. Now, I do have always been, and I know kids are asking, but I want to know my max. All right. I am, I do like one rep maxes. Now, a good coach should be able to get you within pretty darn close of what your one rep max is by knowing the other basis but if you're going to do max for reps i would say for me i usually like three or lower if you're doing more than three reps then your calculations start varying and you're not really oh, yeah. getting a true idea of what your max are and then your workout weights can be off be heavy or too easy or whatever the case may be as well so okay so this is a for me that i love this topic because I'm a huge believer in submaximal training basically all the time. So submaximal just means you never go to failure. Um, you're always using less weight than what you're capable of using. Um, and then the only time you go to so-called failure or the only time you exert maximal effort is when it matters. And guess what, guys? for you when it matters would be the football game would be the basketball game would be the track you know when you're running your sprint and guess what if you get hurt like if you pull a hammy while you're running your 100 meter sprint at state like that's a very good time to get i mean it sucks it's, it's never a great time no but that's the best time. right well that's like and that's the time when you should get hurt because you're spent you're trying to give all you've got to win that state title if you get hurt in the weight room and you don't even get a chance to run at state, that's pretty dumb of you because what you did in the weight room, because what you were doing in the weight room that you think was getting you better might not have been getting you better. So I would even say this. Maxes should only be done in the off season, correct? 
I, I don't like them. I, I know mean, you don't. But for like even training purposes, like if so, let's say they're an athlete, but weight room is their higher. You know, they want to be weight room. They just do sports to do sports, right. but they care. More well, about then if room. if you care only about the weight room, you're probably caring about like your physique. I'm guessing that's like what a lot of these kids they. I got a couple actually that care about the numbers. Okay, well, I'll tell you right now though, if you care about your numbers, you'll still train sub maximally. Oh yeah. It's still like guys, I that's all I care about is my numbers. That's and I train sub maximally. You know when I when I go heavy is really close to a competition and then at the competition when it matters. But like for example, uh, the reason that I believe so much in sub maximal training is it allows me to train with perfect technique, right? Um, so I know I'm not going to get hurt. And then it also allows me to make sure that I'm working the mu- right muscles that I'm trying to work. Okay, so this is what happens a lot in with in kids. And this is the same thing I did when I first started training. You squat to squat. You just go through the motions, right? When you bench press, you just go through the motions. You only care about how much weight you can use, right? Um, and what happens when you do that is you start working muscles that – have nothing you, to do with your bench your right well they have nothing to do with what your what your goals are right so we talked about let's i keep like you know there's lots of different sports that we could be training for we got to just let me just use football as an example okay in order to be a good football player in most cases it's important to have strong legs right strong hamstrings strong glutes strong quads all pretty good important tools you're to running have. Or tackling or yeah because you got to run in football pretty much yeah blocking too right um anything it's pretty important to have strong legs so when i squat what am why am i squatting as a football player i'm squatting in order to make my legs stronger right that is literally the purpose of me squatting is to make my legs stronger okay yeah maybe to make my back stronger a little bit right there's some other muscles being used but primarily my legs so what if you're squatting and you're not making your legs any stronger because you're using only your back? So your chest is dropping. Yes. Your butt's back. You're just standing your knees up. And you're doing a good morning. You do a good morning. Correct? Right. So why am I squatting? You're squatting because you're just trying to get your squat to go up, but your squat going up is not going to make you any better at football because it's not actually making your legs stronger. So I got a lot of kids that are like that. Well, I had one that recently I was like, all right, we're going to reassess your max. And basically, we're going to rechange the weight. He's, you know, great kid, strong kid, um, small, says he benches 175. Got it. Okay, cool. One repped it. I was not there for it. Um, but by looking at his workout and the weights associated with how he should be able to do these workouts, he couldn't get more than four. And then we started bouncing pretty hard mm-hmm. off his chest. So I'm assuming that his max was probably a bounced max. Right. For one. Um, you know, it... So what sport does he play? Basketball. Okay, so for example, if you're bench pressing as a basketball player, like it's a good general exercise. You want to have some good general tricep strength, some some chest strength, right? Um, some shoulder strength as a basketball player. But bouncing a bench press off of your chest is not making your triceps stronger. It's not making your chest stronger. It's not making your shoulders stronger, or at least it's not You're making. You're literally cutting yourself out about twenty to fifty percent. So, exercise. but in order to make your one rep max go up, or to make your number that you can get to tell people higher, um, where it's like your sport, the whole reason you're lifting weights is 
because you want to be better at basketball, presumably. And if it's not the case, it probably should be, right? So if you want to make yourself the best at basketball, drop the weight and use good technique and use all those muscles that you're needing to work for your sport. So I will say this as a coach. I have had athletes that say, well, I can squat this much. I said, okay, let's drop it by 15 pounds and see. I tell them, well, you can not even squat that much. They're like, what are you talking about? Well, your chest was down, your butt was out, you did a good morning. Same thing comes with bench press. They bounce, deadlifts, you know, forearms all off, they're shaking, they can barely get it up, they're cat backing, so their shoulders aren't tight, nothing's locked right. in. Right? And I say, I'm not going to count it. One, you're being dumb. Your weight's too on. Yeah, your that's risk just of risk is too is high. Super, super high. All right. So as a good coach, and as an athlete who may not always have a good coach, mm-hmm. you need to recognize those moments of where you're putting yourself at risk of injury. Right. A five percent risk of injury. You're always gonna. I would say you're almost always gonna have. There's some risk. A always. risk of injury always. Right. Flukes you're, happen. You're doing physical activity. All right. But once you start putting yourself even. 15%, yeah. 20% risk of injury? It's unnecessary. What is the point? Why? Why are you doing it? We need to be training with purpose. I, th- I think that kind of hits on it. Hits on everything. Okay. So the, kind of recap, guys. Set your goals and why your goals are what they are, all right? Are you trying to be a good football player? Then train to be a good football player, all right? Your heavy weights need to be in your off season. all right? And your heavy weights don't need to be 95 or 100% of your max, all right? Well, let me touch on that real quick. Doing a heavy single builds no muscle. It doesn't build any muscle, like pretty much. I mean, it's re- you're basically doing nothing for your muscular skeletal system by doing one rep, okay? Muscle is built through volume. Study after study have, has shown this, okay? More volume. I'll do, tell you what volume is real quick. It's your sets times your reps times the weight that you used okay basically just think of it as like the total amount of reps that you've done okay that's your volume and obviously you can't just do the bar for a gazillion reps because that's endurance training at some point right but Basically. basically volume is what builds muscle okay now what you are doing when you do heavy singles is uh, neurological training, like neurological efficiency training. There's something called your CNS guys, right? Central nervous system, and there's something. There's plenty of studies out there for central nervous system wake up. Whether it's heavy barbell walkouts, there's med ball slams, there's all kinds of stuff. But anyways, so basically what I'm saying is that nervous system training or um, neurological training, basically training your brain to fire certain muscle fibers at a certain rate you know, in a certain way, that's what you're doing when you do one rep maxes. So you're making yourself better at squatting a one rep max because you're being more specific to squatting a one rep max. You know, you're training that, but doing that isn't necessarily make that. I can guarantee you it's making you not any better at football because it's just making you better at squatting a one rep max, which is just not a necessary football skill. Okay, what is necessary for football is making your legs strong. And I'm telling you right now, that's not necessarily making your legs stronger because it's not building any muscle. Okay, so yeah, if you want to do it for fun, novelty, that's what I, I mean, I think it's fun to see your progress in the one rep max, but you could also see your progress in like doing a three rep max, right? Yeah, and that's why I say, you know, 
one of my big things I just did just for fun the other day was the 225 test. Yeah, huge see how many com- you could do. Huge combine activity. It had nothing to do with my one rep max. I know I can do 225 without injury, you know, yeah. or a fairly large amount without injury. To see my amount of reps increase throughout, you know, six weeks of working out, that that is some, another way. That's right. You can do it with push-ups. You can do it to see, you know, pull-ups, all kinds of other ways. There's a crazy thing called maybe just see how hard it was and see – so, like – People, they always have to test it in like an objective way, and I understand that, um, but what you also could do is, say you bench 300, okay, 300 pounds, and then you do a bench press cycle, and you know, eight weeks later, you, 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 do, you bench 300 again, and it was way easier, like way easier. You were able to use way better technique. You know you got stronger. Or maybe you hit that 300 for two. Right. Or for three. Right. Guess what? You're still able to get a rough estimate of what your calculated max is. But what I'm saying is you don't even – like you know you got stronger. Even if I go and do 300 again, I'm not saying to not do it, but I'm saying you know you got stronger. Why Why do you need to go and do 350 at, at all max out effort? You yeah, know? For a lower risk of injury. Right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So that's kind of the overall aspect here. All right. We're not saying not to – <laughs> or you have to do these certain things, guys, all right? You have to decide, because really nobody else can tell you, you know, how much, how upset are you going to be when you have to sit out for six weeks and watch six football games go by, or you miss half your basketball season, or you're so far behind that you don't make state that year for track, all right? How upset are you going to be? If you're a person like, oh, I don't care. I'm just in the weight room to be in the weight room, and I just do sports to do sports. All right, that's that's on you. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's something that's for you. But if you're like, man, that would suck. Mm-hmm. Then train smart. Measure that risk versus reward. All right, you don't need to heavy up during the season. Right? right, exactly. If you want to get heavy, save it for the summer. All right, you don't need to one rep max. All right, any good trainers will be able to calculate your workout weights off of a two or three. You know, yeah. it doesn't. It it's not that important. Okay. Now, if you're a person that that's what you do, you want to be a power lifter, you want to be an ollie lifter, whatever, then you're gonna spend more time in the weight room than you are on the field. That's the other thing. But if you're a football and you're a track guy and you're weightlifting to be better at football, track, basketball. Then again, you need to be spending that outside of time on the football field, on the track, on the court, on the mat. Playing your sport. That is the most specific thing you can do. That's the only way to guarantee you're going to get better at that sport is playing that sport. If I had to say, you know, if I train a golfer right now, Tyler Buzzard, okay? Uh, he two-time state champion, I believe. Anyways, uh, you know, he – he his shoulders were sore a couple times or his his uh his pec got a little sore after we were benching and it affected his golf game and i said okay well we need to dial it back because guess what the most important thing for you is playing golf and if what we're doing in the weight room right now is affecting your ability to play golf then we're, what we're doing is not good it's okay. not beneficial it's not benefiting him at all because guess what i can tell you right now he could be a great golfer without, and he has been, because this, this is the first time he's really gotten trained. He got really good at golf without lifting any weights, without training, without doing anything but golf. But could you get really good at golf without playing golf? No, you can't just lift weights to get good at golf, just like football. 
you can't just lift weights to get good at football. You lifting weights will help you get better at football, but you have to play football. Throwing shot put. You can't just lift weights and get good at throwing the shot put. You have to practice the skill of throwing the shot put. And when we're saying good guys, we're not talking about compared to your neighbor, compared to your conference, compared to the other podunk. Yeah, I don't care about that. We're talking about your overall ability to do that sport. All right. Sure. If you're six foot five, two hundred and ninety pounds, bench press four oh five, yes, you compared to everybody else will be a good shot putter. Right. Compared to your maximum ability, however, no, you're you haven't you touched it. Not be a good shot putter. Right. All right. You have to learn how to throw a shot. So, kind of wrap everything up here and finish it up. Understand where you are in that pyramid of specificity. All right. Where are you? Most of you, I'd say, even eighty percent of those, ninety percent, ninety-five percent of those who are listening. Unless for some reason we got some NFL guys tuning in. Yeah. Okay. You're going to need both. All right. You know. Of course. In season, about 90-10. Okay. Mm-hmm. 90% time practicing your sport and the skills of your sport, whether it's shooting free throws or throwing a football, coming out of blocks, 10% in the weight room. Off season, now that can change. All right. You do need to give your muscles a break. Training mix-up is good for your body. We can go into a whole multi-sport versus singular sport athlete thing on another day. Yep. Um, and that brings its own risk versus reward. But in this way, we need to, you know, your risk only should be as high as the amount of, like, recovery you can give yourself. Right. Okay? If you just finished a season and you don't have anything else for three months, that should be your riskiest activity. Halfway through, that risk needs to go down. Three quarters of the way through. And this doesn't mean go skydiving. Like, I think, well, it's like. (laughs) We're talking weight room training. Right, but it's like, really, you don't, I mean, yeah, your risk is going to go up sheerly because you're training more. I think that's what you're saying, right? Your risk of injury is going up because you started training harder, training more. It doesn't mean to train stupid. That's not what we're saying. I think that's important to note is like, it doesn't mean do stupid exercises that have no validity to them at all which there's plenty of them uh, like standing on a bosu ball and squatting that's asinine that that is absolutely worthless and it should never be done just so you know agreed so so again stay off instagram <laughs> um so back to it guys the closer you get to season the less risk you should take all right the less hard training you should be doing the less amount of weight to put on the bar the less amount of toll to be put on your body in the weight room because the toll on your body is going to be during your sport correct in season that's where that highest amount of work should come from so um let us know thanks for keep listening Tune in, you know, message us with any questions you may have, because we can get way more specific into training from lifts to reps to weights to all exercises, things we hate, things we love, all kinds of things through our experiences. So, well, thank you again, ladies and gentlemen, to see you next time. See you.